Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast. In the series Diary of a Bodybuilder, I am joined today by TM Cycles, Thomas Moore. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I am good, thank you. Good. So, the irony that you've joined me for Diary of a Bodybuilder, Mm. when you're starting to leave your bodybuilding career somewhat behind you, maybe Mm. dipping a toe every now and again, Um, But as I kind of just alluded to, that's exactly why I wanted to get you on the podcast so that we kind of listen to that being in the thick of it and living, breathing, and it quite literally, as you've touched upon, taking over your life Yeah. to now I'm done with all this. And now if anyone has been listening to Off The Cuff and watching your YouTube series, they'll realize that you're kind of more a bit like, well, I mean... I might do a little bit of bodybuilding. Mm. Um, so how has that transition been for you? Yeah, it's good. Thank you for everyone, by the way. Is that is that Diary of a CEO inspired? Is that Stephen Bartley inspired? It is one of my favourite potties, yeah. Have you seen the, listen to the uh, Matt Hancock one yet? Yeah, I listened to it today. Oh, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm going mm-hmm. in there. I'm, I'm going in with a clear, unbiased mind. So before we get into it, I will just touch upon that. I think Matt Hancock is a cock. Um, agree I think he is disingenuous irritating Mm. um, uh, the whole the whole way through the pandemic pre post everything I think he's Mm. been a tosser Um, I wouldn't say that my view on that changed okay but I didn't come away from it thinking yeah I I knew he's a fucking idiot yeah I just kind of was a bit like well I didn't really learn anything new about him. I kind of felt it was a little bit staged. And yeah, I was not, disappointed it, in Stephen for that. Yeah, he was. He's always an odious character, isn't he? But he's come, He's trying to almost rebrand himself as the as the victim now. Mm. But yeah, no, I'll, I'll still watch it. But uh, yeah, we're going straight into the, the transition. How have I been? Yeah, so let's, okay, let's slow it down a little bit then. Yeah. Um, so, so if anyone hasn't been following you um, or hasn't seen you since you kind of got a little bit shadow banned for your... Mm. your tyranny of uh, mm. abuse about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I'm still banned. <laughs> well, it was only the other week that I was looking, I thought of something and I was like, I haven't seen Tom's stuff in ages. Mm. And I had to fully write your entire handle to actually so see anything you've posted. Um, and now it comes up because I went on there and I actively watched your story and liked your post. Okay. So it came up again. Perfect. But yeah. The algorithm kind of screws you Censorship has gone a little wild. Yeah. So if anyone hasn't seen you because they don't follow you or Instagram screwed you over, um, yeah. let's give a little rundown of maybe the last high level, the last yeah. year and how that's played out for you. Yeah. So last year was my like final. I talk like I've, I'm a pro and I've, you know, I'm, I'm hanging up the trunks. Last year was like my final competitive year and I kind of set out early in 2021 and, and said to my coach, Callum Raystrick, who is now pro coach, I said that this is the last, this is the last one. I kind of want to redeem myself a little bit of redemption, retribution from the previous goings, which have been slightly perfunctory. It's always been a, I start well and then my head kind of goes a little bit and a simple case of the boys booking onto our beef and I'm like, right, what am I doing? Mm. So I've, I've always had that mentality. Unfortunately, I've never really been hundred percent, but I thought this time let's, let's go out with a bang. And we we won the Fitex, which was cool. 
but even then my head went because I had three weeks before or three weeks until the PCA show and I thought like I'm done now I've 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 got I've got what I came to get and but but Callum was like look we've we've done well let's continue he managed to place third at the PCA Hampshire and then I was like right that's done went to Marbella a couple of times and and then at that point started transitioning but yeah it was uh I think I first competed as a junior when I was about 21 so it's been a good six seven years of kind of off-season, contest prep, off-season, and you never truly kind of live a balanced life even in an off-season because it's still quite intense with regard to the training element, you know? Yeah, and I think as well, if you... I know that you do take a a good balanced approach. I wouldn't say 80-20 until now. I think maybe more like 90-10. You could try and have that flexibility, but you still very much lived your life as an athlete as opposed to I'm going to do a prep you definitely did all the way through the year training and food was on point and it gets to a point like you say we're just like I've, I've been doing this for mm. a long time yeah yeah and and the psychological component of of just being completely burnt out and having no motivation was just a, a sign usually when I finish a prep the excitement and the mouth waters are like right now it's time to gain some muscle but I knew straight away once I'd done that, that I had no excitement that, you know, the thought of going into a, a, a massing phase where we're pushing food up again and being kind of uncomfortable or comfortable with being uncomfortable was just not on the radar. And I was just completely done. And, and as someone that has been on and off anabolics for a long period of time, and I think a lot of bodybuilders are quite naive to the, the psychological implications, the negative implications of anabolics. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's an area in particular where people go, oh, it's fine. Or they, they ignore it. It's probably one of the only sports whereby when you get feedback of how your blood work or how you are functioning is off. It's the, it's the one sport that we make excuses for mm-hmm. when we should really be going, hold on us. That your lipid levels aren't that great. That shouldn't be, mm. you know, that needs to be rectified. So yeah, it got to a point whereby, and and also from a content creation point of view, at the end of the day, I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm a I'm a I'm a content creator. So it, it you kind of feel like you're you're slamming your head against the wall a little bit because it's it's very repetitive and repetition is a big element of bodybuilding, and a lot of people do enjoy it. But I think even now making that switch with fitness related content and running and cycling and swimming they've all been there for years. Like the, the very large percentage of my audience have been there for a long time. So it's been like almost a, an 80, 20 in terms of, you know, bodybuilding to, or sorry, fitness to bodybuilding. So yeah, it was the right decision. I got, you know, both from a content point of view, both from a psychological, physical point of view, it was time to, to start the kind of next chapter. You said something really interesting then, um, which I think a lot of people touch upon here and there from all different walks of life Mm. and that was why I'm not a bodybuilder what do you define a bodybuilder as then I think I would like consider AJ Morris as a bodybuilder if I were to have to you know someone said who would you I would just consider someone that eats sleeps and breathes it and and at the same time loves it as in that's like it's almost entwined in their you know genetic makeup that that is you know, a pure out and out bodybuilder. AJ is a fantastic uh, content creator too. Mm. So to the point whereby he wants to hang his trunks up, he's, he has that platform now to, you know, and, he, uh, and as well as an online coach and a, a fantastic one at that. But I would like, I would, for me, would be like the epitome of a bodybuilder, someone that eats, sleeps and breathes it. And, and uh, I think he himself has probably 
can probably agree that there isn't much balance in terms of uh, 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 maybe a social life kind of element to that as well. Mm-hmm. But I would say, say someone of that ilk, it would be an out and out bodybuilder. See, whenever someone says, oh, I'm, I'm not a bodybuilder, I'm not a bodybuilder, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but do you actively go out into the gym and try and build your body yeah. to a point where you want to look a certain way and you eat to achieve that and you train to achieve that and you have a goal, a long-term mm. goal to bring an aesthetic, mm. in which case for you me, are, you, you are, are building a body, a body, therefore you are a bodybuilder. Yeah. I think a lot of people take that. It's almost like you go, oh, that's not me. That's mm. I'm, I'm not one of them, but actually you are. Yeah. It's just about how, how much you live and breathe it. And there's very much a glass half full empty switch on that, whereby mm. you look at AJ Morris and you say, yeah, but it's like ingrained in him and he embodies that bodybuilder. Yeah. But there are other people that would go, oh God, does he do anything else? Yeah. You know, like it's just the way that you look at that. So I would say that someone that works a nine to five, mm. but takes it very seriously and cares very much for their long-term progression in the sport. Yeah. Is a bodybuilder. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, no, so it's a very valid point. I think then we could, you know, the vast majority of even gym pop clients that are looking to, build tissue could be considered bodybuilders, but I don't think they themselves would consider that. I think it's, we define a bodybuilder as someone that goes through quite a vicious cycle of off season contest prep and mm. competes on stage. Cause I think the vast majority of people, you know, I've got clients that gen pop clients that still want to gain tissue and they still, they, uh, they, they, they go through that quite monotonous routine that we go through, but they have a, a, a much better handle on a social life compared to a lot of the guys. Do you think that they would feel good if you turned around to them one day and went, no, like Dave, you are a bodybuilder. And he'd be like, oh, all right, yeah, yeah, I am actually. Yeah, Do you think I mean, that I, might actually give him a bit of a push? I, I mean, I refer to them as athletes. So I, I, I say to my clients, you know, I'm, I am the coach and my, my uh, role here is to ensure that you have or can I take away that stress so you can be the athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't really refer to them as bodybuilders because I've got guys that are, you know, all, all walks within mm-hmm. the fitness, you know, the different kind of conditioning, boxing, running, for example. So I don't necessarily call them bodybuilders. A couple of the guys that obviously compete and go through or have the intention to compete, I will label it, but I don't really get, or I don't think they're at that position whereby they'd get a buzz off me calling them a bodybuilder. I think as, as, as time has gone on, I think bodybuilding in general is in a bit of a, a, a weird spot at the moment in, in the sense that people almost don't want to be labeled a bodybuilder. And I think even since me stepping away from the stage, I've had a really good response from other bodybuilders that have competed that said, I've seen what you're doing and I completely agree. And I'm done with it. Like I'm, mm. I don't want to become a pro. I don't need to prove anything to anyone and it's time to step away. And, you do, you get trapped in that very narrow mind when you're bodybuilding. And when I was, I thought that's the only thing. I'm like, that's me now. Oh no, I've like, I, I can't do anything else. I can't box or swim or run. And then when I stopped, I was like, hold on. I can, what, what, you know, I'm doing all the things that I did as a, as a child growing up. I was very into my sports then. And, and that camaraderie of uh, being in a team and, you know, the, the positive impact on, on one's mental health, it, all, it just all came flooding back like nostalgia. I remember being in the swimming pool the other day and kind of sort of doing my little, uh, my little ritual pre-swim. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm 16 again. So it's, it's nice to come back around 
full circle. It definitely is. Do you feel like your identity became Tom the bodybuilder as opposed to just... Joe said that on the podcast. And I, I said, I replied, I don't think I've ever been Tom the bodybuilder. You know, I think I've tried to be, and it's just mm-hmm. not me. And, and I remember Callum saying, you know, this is your Tom the bodybuilder now. And mm-hmm. and that was sort of required. That was the, the, the motivation that was needed to set me on the right path for this prep. It was like, right, Tom... It's not Tom the YouTuber now. It's Tom the bodybuilder. And it helped. Mm. It definitely helped. But I would never really, I don't think I've suffered from any kind of identity crisis going from here to there. You know, I've always been very much experimental. I've stayed true to who I am. And and I think it's nice to go through that, that cycle and find out what it is you truly enjoy. Mm. And do you think that being with the BBC, as it's known, yeah, I, I know I've heard you talk about that, almost solitary part of your prep Mm. and how it just didn't it didn't bang in the same way when Mm. you didn't have joe and josh alongside you um yeah do you think that that kind of leans into that what you're saying about that camaraderie and that sportsmanship that you felt from being younger yeah i mean we had a great off season together this was pre-covid so we had a fantastic off season we would probably get in the gym all together at three or four times per week and that was well needed. I took my, my scale body weight up from about 80 kilos to 110 kilos. I, I gained a, a very uh, substantial amount of mass that was required for me to compete. And then COVID hit. And unfortunately, we all started that prep very scattered. Joe was up north. I think Josh was in Wales or, or and I was in, you know, I was, I was going everywhere. Any tier mm-hmm. that was open, I'd travel an hour to get into the gym. So it definitely... Uh, yeah, it, de- it definitely made me feel very isolated. And then also what came with that was the, the comparisons, the continual comparisons. Why aren't I conditioned as, as Josh? Why aren't I as, as shredded as Joe? Or why aren't my arms? And it, as someone that has considered them quite, themselves quite mentally resilient, I found myself really comparing myself. And it was just a, a spot, a mindset that I really didn't enjoy wanting to get out of. You know, as much as I love the boys, that mm-hmm. they, they got me where I am in terms of the placing in my show and the off-season, but... It's very hard to when you're lumping that amount of pressure on yourself. Because in, in previous preps, I've never really done it. I've never really compared myself. I've looked at other competitors. And even as a junior, I remember Conor Rudelhoff, who's a magnificently large bodybuilder. I remember thinking, oh, cool. Like, I'm competing yeah. with him. This is the first time I was like, I, I was really frantically looking at other guys and the YouTube comments were getting to me. So at that point, I thought, why am I still, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, you quite openly talk about mental health um very much an advocate of men talking about how they feel and things like that and I know that your your mum is involved in that space as well Mm -hmm. um so did you kind of get to a point with it that you were like you know what if I don't take a step back and do what makes me happy as opposed to doing what I think I should do because other people are doing it Mm -hmm. did you kind of have that moment where you were like I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have a bit of a wobbly if I don't do something now. Yeah, that that's why I said to Cal, this is the last one, you know, and that even even saying that out loud alleviated some of the grey cloud. But then it was like it was still there because I was in prep. There were times during prep where I was like, I actually don't want to do this. Yeah, I really don't want to die. I don't know what I'm doing it for. You know, I was going through a, a separation at the time, which was equally as difficult, but it kind of, it almost kept me in that cocoon. So I was quite grateful for the for, for the fact that I was competing. So having to deal with that after was, you know, it was a bit of a prolonged uh, 
uh, thing to have to kind of get your head around. But yeah, it, it was, it was, I got to the point whereby I just thought you know, the, the, the penny dropped. It was like, what, you know, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not happy mm-hmm. here. I'm not happy with the content I'm creating. I'm not happy with where I'm pushing my body in terms of the levels I've got to get to. I remember on prep Callum asking me a couple of times, would you consider taking this drug? And I was yeah. like, no, like, I'm not, no. Cause I, you know, um, people are probably aware that the Ziz, uh, remember the remember Ziz, the fitness guy, I'm sure quite a few people remember he took a, a drug that essentially uh, it killed him. He, he, he took it, went into a, a sauna, I think it was, and it elevated his, his temperature so much. I have heard about that. Yeah. Remember, yeah, the Australian, yeah. I think he was yeah. Australian. So I was just like, what? No, I don't, I'm not willing to put myself in that. And it's interesting seeing Josh and Joe now in their, uh, in their preps and their pursuit to get to kind of the Olympia level, whereby they're almost saying, yeah, I'm having to accept that my, my health is deteriorating here. And that just scared me too much. You know, I want longevity here. I want, I want to be fit. I want to be able to, you know, pick up my children and run about. And because my dad's very active, you know, he's, he was uh, 58 yes, the other day and seeing him still cycle to work. And I think, yeah, that is, that's what we should be uh, aspiring to be like. Mm. Okay. So fast forward then. Mm-hmm. So we kind of went all the way back during your prep Yeah. and fast forward to that post prep period because I think most people like you say you come off the back of a show mm-hmm. and you're a little bit gassed about the idea of growing you're like oh mm-hmm. I now know where I need to improve you get a new plan from your coach you're like I'm gonna nail this reverse in and whatever nailing it means to you lots of people yeah. do that differently but everyone struggles with that okay well I had this massive goal for such a long time and now that goal is gone but that lasts for a couple of months, say, and then there's a new goal. But the new goal's always related to the next time you're on stage. Yeah. Obviously, you took that away. Yeah. And I, I think you're probably quite a goal-oriented person because of the way that you drive your business and things like that. So how did you handle that feeling of, or did you even have that feeling of, what now? Mm, yeah definitely I, I had that sort of honeymoon period post show whereby I was drinking and eating went to my bar a couple of times went with Joe and had a good time over there and uh but it was sort of almost filling that void it was it was in the back of my mind I was like right this isn't going to last forever mm. this kind of sub 13 15 body fat and and being on cloud nine isn't unfortunately last forever we need to we need to now start making some inroads into what's next so it was very much an experimental phase and i'm still probably you know i'm, I'm coming toward the end of that now i've got my sights set on certain things uh, and triathlons and ironmans and things like that so it's been it's been fantastic speaking to the likes of fergus crawley as well jim shark athlete and going up there and it's uh you know absolutely incredible bloke um so yeah there was definitely a period whereby I didn't really know what I was doing, which then in turn had a knock on effect in terms of my motivation to train. Mm. And then that in turn affected my overall physique. So I remember getting a DEXA scan because I was kind of experimenting with intuitive eating. I was experimenting with different training styles. And that's cool. Like, I think if you are going into that, you just have to accept that it's not, you know, it's not going to be as optimal Uh, It's a word that's used far too much in today's fitness industry, but it's not going to be as optimal. And, and, and I saw the effects of that, you know, I went for a DEXA scan and I, I, uh, it was terrible. I think I lost huge amounts of tissue and, uh, and very little fat. So it was like, right. Okay. That was cool. We understood that. I'm not 
you know, I don't really respond very well to intuitive eating. I, I need to track food and I enjoy tracking food and I enjoy at least semi tracking some of my lifts. So it was nice. It was nice to take a back seat for a little bit, but you, 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 you do get those itchy feet and, uh, and, and, uh, I was doing kind of hybrid workouts and I'm still doing that now, but it's, it's, it is a mix. I'm tracking half of my workouts and kind of just going for the, the conditioning element too. And uh, again, Fergus was, was fantastic in terms of what to do with your nutrition and calories when, when opting for this style of training, it's working out your, your overall calories and then essentially eating back the food that you've mm. ex, ex, uh, exerted during those sessions. So I've got, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position now whereby I, do have a, a better grasp of it um and i start my cut so i'm dieting in a couple of weeks time for this summer so yeah it's exciting but yeah it, it did feel a little i did feel a little on edge and i'm like you said i'm someone that's very goal oriented have been from from early on and uh, especially now with where business is, is is where it's at it's i don't i don't do very well in those conditions i don't do very well in and i'm moving house in two weeks so i'm kind of in this limbo phase mm. and for me it's like right come on it's only two weeks. I'm my logbook sitting here, and I'll do well, and I'll try and fill it out, and then I just won't even follow it. So, I'm a little bit OCD in that sense. I need to be, you know, bang. I need it. I need it sorted. So, how did you decide that that kind of trial and error period where you were like, mm. oh, as I say, I've been following you, so I know that you are into swimming at the moment. Um, mm. and that you had like that kind of functional fitness period. Did yeah. you, did you saying, right, I'm going to give this three chances. And if I still don't like it on the third one, I'm going to try something else. How did you kind of decide what you wanted to dip your toe into after prep? Just through kind of assessing my enjoyment levels in it, really. You know, I, I, when I refer to like these hybrid sessions, it's, uh, kind of like wads at the end of my session but the vast majority of that 75 percent is still kind of log booking mm-hmm. but it's it, it's it's or i've stepped away from kind of top set back off set and i'm doing almost straight sets now and uh and i'm varying my workouts a little bit more so over like a one or two rotation and and uh we're or i'm picking up training partners again and kind of that enjoyment level for me is for me anyway when enjoyment's high progress is good you know, even in the case where I'm not necessarily enjoying my my workouts, it has a big effect on my motivation, which just dips my my intensity as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm still training very very hard within those sessions. But uh, yeah, it was about probably about three or four rotations of me creating a, di- a few different exercises uh, here and there, and upper lower push pull leg splits, whereby it's more bodybuilding focused, more hybrid focused. So I've kind of I fine tuned it and feel like I'm in a good spot now with what to do with my training and, uh, and, and utilizing things like boxing and, and swimming and my run and cycling as cardio. So yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. And I guess with the combination of those sports leads you quite nicely onto the idea of a triathlon then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and, but then it's just open like this, the ability to now sign up to like a white collar boxing match as well and get that. It's just, there's so many possibilities, which is mm-hmm. you don't, you don't realize there are when you're in that bodybuilding mindset, you mm. do think that, that, you know, like I said, that this is it, this is me now for life. I'm going to be mm. one of those old geezers that wears a, you know, like a lifting belt and that's going to be me. And it's like, no, that unfortunately it was me for a little bit, but it wasn't truly me. So the possibilities are endless where it's boxing, whether it's cycling, you know, my dad's a, an avid cyclist and 
jumping on board with from like a London to Paris cycle ride or doing like a, a probably a marathon is the, the back of my mind. Like I'm mm-hmm. the running, the running is, is difficult on the joints, but mm. a cycle or a swim, definitely. I know Adam Collard has, has reached out and said the boys are doing a triathlon in July time. So yeah, the, yeah, the possibilities are, are endless. That is very, very cool. Very exciting as well. Mm. Quite an, a, a feat as well, because being goal orientated, I can, see the appeal and going yeah like I did a I did a triathlon lads yeah absolutely yeah because it's it's minority isn't it it's like they say bodybuilding is the one percent or people that run marathons are the one percent mm. um Ironmans and triathlons is just not really something that you hear people saying they're doing because it's physically very very demanding mm. on the body but when you come from a place where you're used to putting yourself in arguably a really shitty position both mentally physically health and everything else then it's probably not as scary because you're like well how bad can it be of course and and that's why i'm so grateful for bodybuilding because that level of discipline intensity that can be applied to everything be it business be it other other events even when we do like our, our circuits in boxing and the boys are flagging. I'm like, like, come on, come on, let, let, let's let's push this here. So that's definitely, I've definitely taken that particular element from bodybuilding, mm. and and it and it and it also makes the 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 kind of the task or or, or potential of a triathlon less scary because mm. I've gone, you know, I've, I've said, well, I've done six months where I I eat very little food and I do a lot of output. I can do this, you know, so mm-hmm. that mental resilience from bodybuilding can easily transfer over to that and make those tasks, yeah, less daunting. And doing all that cardio or that, that high output food. Eat food. I know. And you are a foodie, aren't you? So massive. I know. This that's an, another reason why I couldn't bodybuild. I'm just I'm I'm not good at bodybuilding because I, I like food too much. Like I'm from even from a young age, my mum was feeding me, it was just a variety of different exotic foods. And mm. you know what I mean? That's that's been in me. And I try as best as possible and I'm very flexible. And probably that has been a bit of a downfall of my bodybuilding career is that I've been a little bit too flexible. But you know, I'm like, I can't, I'm not doing six months on that bland food. I'm just mm. not doing it. I mean, even in prep, trying to make the most of mm. your meals. And I actually think even if I if I look across the board. I think there's this idea in bodybuilding, it does wind me up. There's this idea in bodybuilding that you can't possibly be a serious bodybuilder or you can't possibly prep if your food isn't chicken, rice, broccoli. You've got yeah. to be a boring bastard. Otherwise, you're not going to be a success. Yeah. And that, there yeah. are, I think that's slightly changing with the, with a couple of leading coaches in the industry that do encourage you to make your food more interesting. Mm. But they're saying chuck some spices on it that's not really no making your food more interesting that's no. just putting some paprika on your white rice yeah, yeah yeah but i think that goes that almost goes with the uh with the the bodybuilding stereotype is a lot of people feed into that and, it, and it's it you know it lists that hardcore response that attracts a lot of people mm. i mean i don't know what, i don't know what bodybuilder it was but i think he said uh you know judges aren't Look, looking at you on stage and judging you or giving you additional points for having bland food mm. you know and you look at the likes of Alberto Nunes that probably push IF way into the extremes I mean I've seen this guy diet and it's like having banana and jam sandwiches and you think he's got his glutes into a you know an incredible condition and he's in his so it's uh 
yeah, that's another area of, of, uh, of the bodybuilding sector that I didn't really like is, is, is the constant chitter chatter and he looks like this and Tom's doing this. I'm like, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a backward step here. I'm above you lot that want to stay in those small circles, that mm. small, small minded approach. You're getting a kick off, you know, the potential lack of condition that I possess is just, I'm not here for that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not here for that, but yeah, no, you're, you're, you're very right with regard to the kind of the food side of things. And there's no, there's no absolutely no, no doubt that you can get into incredible condition with that flexible approach. There's, there's, there's you know, there's no argument, but uh, yeah, that's another big area why I stepped away. I just, I love my food far too much. Um, I, I kind of, I agree with, in different ways, I agree with the whole keep it, simple absolutely don't keep don't make it boring Mm-mm. um and i followed a meal plan meal plan for three four years yeah. even throughout my off season and the only thing i would change is sometimes i'd be like oh, ask my coach well i don't want chicken anymore can i have chicken sausages instead tweak things that was about as experimental as i got and mm. i am a foodie so when i wasn't prepping i just got fat because i loved my food and i was like what i've given my whole life to yeah. that for six months if I get a bit fat now so what like mm. I want to eat the pizza I want to have something nice um and then approaching prep my last prep I said to my coach like I have been doing macro tracking and that was the only way to keep my head screwed on yeah. in off season because I was like I cannot do another year two years of eating exactly the same foods every day I just want to be able to choose yeah. a bit more um and he was really unsure as to whether I would he was going to let me keep my macros for prep right he's like let's just see okay well yes you can keep them for now but if you start being a twat they're going yeah sure so every check-in I was waiting for them to be taken away and I made it all the way to stage and Imagine. I got peeled doing that and, and I wasn't stupid with my choices so I set a meal plan yeah and I ate to that with my macros. But if one day I didn't want to eat chicken or yeah. rice and I wanted a bagel and I wanted some mints, that's that's what I had. I think people yeah. are way too like, it has to be this way. You have yeah. to do this to be a success. Um, I think more people talking about the macro approach makes it more normal. Yeah, but that, and also I feel like the whole meal plan versus macro, is the, the argument is flawed anyway, because the meal plan is... IFYM. It's mm. uh, okay. My clients come to me, and he requires X amount of calories. I'm finding foods that fit his plan, mm. so it is still IFYM. I think the uh, the 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 kind of misconception with the hardcore bodybuilders they look at us IFYMers and think that we're just you know spunking 600 calories on Skittles for dinner. It's like no, it's not like that. <laughs> it, it, I'm not. It, it isn't the case. I'm, I'm still eating a very varied diet here, high in micronutrients, but it's just a little bit more tastier. And I understand the argument. I think it's it's hard to track the variables when you are constantly switching food. So what I would do and what I did last time on prep is with, with that kind of flexible approach is that Monday to Sunday, the macro intake would, would still be, you know, boxed off, but the foods would also stay pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Just so that, you know, if I were to... And, and, and you do, the more I work with Callum, the, the more understanding that the, how much of an impact things like high sodium, low sodium does yeah. have on the, phys- especially in the deeper stages of a prep, the deeper stages that last prep, I stayed very, very consistent. But yeah. I think the first portion, 
of any dieting phase, even with my clients, it's, you'll be surprised how much fat you can lose with a very flexible diet, you know? And I think that's the point whereby you can use to your advantage because diet fatigue, you know, psychologically you're in a good spot. And then it's a case of saying like, right, the next eight weeks, we're going to drop the hammer here. So yeah, I think it's a bit of an odd, odd, odd argument that whole meal plan versus IFYM. I also f- like it just in people I know, and I'm not going to name names and stuff like that, but I know more people that are on meal plans that they don't like, that they mm-hmm. cheat on, rather exactly. than people that set their own food, have their own choice, and don't yeah. cheat. And and I think that, for me, is the key. I get to choose. And what I hate about prep is not having any choice. Yeah. So the ability to be able to choose... And now what you're doing, the ability to choose if you want to go for a run or choose if you want to swim or cycle. Mm. And then having that kind of what be like a foodie reward to go, well, I did 700 calories in the pool today, so I get to have 700 calories extra of Skittles for dinner. Yeah, no, but it's true. There is that element to it, you know. The you, you hear all the time bodybuilders calling each other animals and like he's an absolute animal, and you think they're not, I don't really consider them animals mm. like now i've stepped away and i can see true like fergus i will call an out and out animal like this guy squatting running cycling swimming like outdoor swimming in scotland like it's just they're proper athletes mm. do you know what i mean so yeah but yeah I, I, even so i don't push if I, I track on the garmin that i've done x amount on the 3k run i don't push the limits of food it will just be a case of having a few more rice crispy square bars and a bit more cereal mm. i don't i don't you know that was a very immature thing that i used to do as a child that you'd see oh mum, i've gone swimming i'm gonna go sweet shop so it's that 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 your 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 relationship with food as you mature gets i think a lot a lot better absolutely and once you have been through a period of dieting and i do mean true dieting god you appreciate that extra whatever it is you're not going to waste it on some shit food just to fit things Mm. um you get an extra bagel or like you say a rice krispie square and you're like wow what of course you want that satiety a lot of the times when cow would increase food i'd opt for more protein just because i knew that it would make me fuller you know i wouldn't see that in previous preps, if like my old coach would would uh, fill me up with food, I'd I'd think, all right, let's go and what can we what can we push the boundaries here? Can we get a Ben and Jerry's in? Mm. But now I'm like, no, 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 I need more. I, I will happily have a, a, a one pepper and courgette and a bit more mince because I know that I will sit down and that will fill me up and I'll go to bed full as opposed to having a big sugar spike and then being being a uh, being angry and being you know losing my temper and whatnot. And like you say. It's so obvious when someone has got food from good sources mm. and when they've got it from shit. Yeah. Like you can literally look at someone and be like, what did you have? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You can see it straight away. I mean, off plan meal, even if I'm not an asshole about it, yeah. I have my little moon face yeah, and yeah, it yeah. just blows up straight away. And I'm like, okay, well, that's going to take three days to come down straight away. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I get that now for Domino's, though, if I go in. I get, well, I get really watery. Domino's is horrendous, though. I know, it's bad for it, I know. If you're a foodie, Tom, mm-hmm. it's got to be the organic sourdough, surely. What, from Domino's? No, not from Domino's. You want to oh, go to no. an Italian. No, no, listen, I'm a foodie, but I will... I will happily tuck into a filthy Domino's. If you're a foodie and we're talking about good pizza, 
Mm. Have you been to Crossed Rose? In London? Mm. I think we have. I think we went. The last... giraffe crust. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I remember going there. It was there. a tiger. But it's, oh. Yeah, it's one of them. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm a foodie, but I still enjoy like the Chinese. I still consider that you know, cultural. Are you on the sushi train? I am, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on the uh, Novikov. Do really good sushi. Rocker, rocker's nice. Nobu's all right. It's closed down now. I Sticks think. and sushi. Sticks and sushi in Greenwich. Yeah, cool. Sorry, I forgot about that Fantastic. one. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, I do like the sushi. The uh, there's a place in, in in the Ned called Kaya as well. That's that's spot on. I've been to the Ned for Italian, but not for not for. Yeah, they're, they're good in there. Very good. I'll add it to the list. I quite literally have got a list in my phone. Mm. Yeah, you do that during prep, though, didn't you? Oh, I've had it for years, though. I think I had it pre-prep. I think I'm just a fatty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so looking forward then, um, obviously your name, TM Cycles. Yeah. Um, if someone isn't aware, the penny is about to drop real hard. Mm. TM cycles obviously comes from the anabolic nature and and cycling um, gear. So yeah. I don't want to dig too deep into this. That's not what this is about. But I just kind of am interested in how obviously you'll keep that name going forwards because that is your brand. But yeah. how you're going to sort of bring that into the health and improving things? And are you going to start to phase that out? Are you going to be on a low dose, or are you mm. are you natty now? Yeah, I mean the TM Cycles name will stay. It's quite fitting because now I am cycling, so it's <laughs> it's not it's not too much of a concern. Thankfully, it's not like I don't know roid head or yeah. do you know what I mean something <laughs> stupid that I think right. I'm gonna have to change this. Testy Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So TM Cycles very much stay as the brand, as the guy that has different coaching drops and and clothing and things like that. That will be the brand, and then I have my kind of sub brand as which is flow fitness lifestyle and optimal well-being so that's where the majority of the fitness content will now go and i'm kind of slowly still experimenting with a lot of that but that was a, a good release got the numbers up in terms of following and uh, that will be also where the app will stem from as well later on this year so yeah tm cycles very much stay in terms of what my my choices with regard to anabolics i'm i'm on a, a trt dose so i am considered natty I administer uh, around about a kind of 100 and 150 milligram dose, which keeps me very much in that mid uh, physiological range of testosterone. So I have been quote unquote natty for the last or well, post show. So I've been about nine, 10 months now. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, big, big, you know, uh, differences in overall feeling. I think you spend a lot of us guys will spend the max probably in like a, a, a cruise or TRT phase, mm. probably about eight to 10 weeks and then we'll bump the dose up again. So it's never really a, a significant amount of time to kind of sort the head out a little bit. So the, the psychologically, the benefit of being off, uh, you know, that super physiological range has, has been eye opening, you know, um, and that's, that's one big area that I'm going to do a YouTube video on, on, on how I felt the last 10 months have gone, but it's definitely felt like, uh, you know that grey cloud has gone. You being, physically being, felt like it was. Yeah, just yeah, not not. I, I think again, we are quite naive as bodybuilders to 
what being in quite a high dose of testosterone does for mm. people. You know, it can turn a lot of sane people into, you know, characters that don't want to turn into. You know, if you, you're predisposed to being quite angry you're, and you're spending a lot of time in that area, then you're going to be an angry guy yeah. or girl for a long time. So it's been nice to have that 10-month just, you know, freedom almost. And And even now when I administer a small dose, I still feel almost a little dirty like oh i'm looking forward to coming off completely i'm just finding a, a kind of spot in the next year whereby like i can dedicate a good six to eight months whereby i'm going to have to accept that it's going to be a little bit grim because you, mm. you're coming off testosterone you're waiting for your natural testosterone to kick in so mm. you know you have to deal with that but that's cool and and i'm more than prepared for that uh, but yeah no it's been it's been nice to be you know like almost true true natural for the last 10 months and what would you say to someone that was wanting to do the same thing, but they were nervous about it or thinking, oh, like, how am I, that, that grey cloud they're talking about. Mm. I can imagine that as a guy, when you've been doing that for an extended period of time, it's probably quite, they'd be quite apprehensive to make that move. And no matter how much you want to do something, mm. you're probably like, what does this mean? Like, how am I going to feel? How's it going to impact me? Yeah, you have to educate yourself massively before making that step. You know, you you can't, there, there can't be any doubt whatsoever before you go into the, the decision of taking anabolics. I think you have to be, you have to truly understand the side effects, both physical and uh, emotionally uh, and psychologically. And you have to, you know, you, you have to almost accept, well, I suppose if you are going down the route of I want to be, a relatively decent amateur bodybuilder I'm, I'm going to be a pro bodybuilder then then you know that it just comes part and parcel of of mm. the journey but i think it might be quite nice for people that are going into it to have some exit plan you know i'm going to be i'm going to be doing this for three or four years i'm going to push my physique to the extremes and see how i can get use that you know to my advantage and uh and again experiment but i'm i'm going to in four or five years time come off completely you know, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to go down that route of whatever it was that I was doing pre-bodybuilding. So I think if those that are listening are kind of uh, calculating that they're going to start taking anabolics to have an exit plan, which you don't hear a lot of, I think. No, you don't. uh, You don't. I've never, and it's something I've only kind of started thinking about as of, you know, recently is that you almost go into bodybuilding, you go into anabolic steroids and that's you. I'm going to be mm. doing this until I'm 40, 50, mm. which, and, I, and I, it's just not healthy. Like I'm quite happy. I will quite happily sit on a podcast or, you know, uh, in, in any discussion say bodybuilding anabolic steroids are very unhealthy. Mm. It's so unhealthy and you have to be prepared for that. You really do. I don't, I don't think many people really think about what actual impact it's going to have on them day to day I think they just look at it like uh, rose-tinted glasses Mm. Um, and I know speaking as a a woman in this sport that I do I do think guys potentially do look into it more but I think that's maybe just because there's more talk of it Mm. I know girls that have gone on to steroids and they haven't got a clue and they'll go like oh I'm taking this now and I'm like do you know what you're taking? And yeah. I'll start kind of just chucking a bit of info at them. And they're like, what? No, no, not. No, that's, that's the other one. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, that's not. Like, yeah. And then once it's in, I think there's one that um, 
I've heard a few people talk about recently, which is very common in guys, and it seems to be getting more and more common in girls, and that's T3. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it will fuck you over. Yeah, Don't wrecker. take it. And and then they're like, oh, but I've been on it for two months. And I'm like, mm. oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the level of the level of education in some coaches is uh is a little scary. We always get sent, yep. you know, me, Josh and Joe will always get sent print screens from uh, proposed from from coaches with proposed stack design and we think mm. no 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 like we will step in you know we don't we almost don't want to step step in but this is someone's health at the end of the day you know when you've got the likes of dr dean and joe jeffries who are, uh, are putting out such stellar information yeah. we need to be sending traffic their way we have to we absolutely have to but then you know a lot of people in the bodybuilding world are very insecure and, and they're very like this is my get out of jail car this is going to stop me from feeling insecure it's going to give me confidence i don't really care about it they go into a little bit blind because they're so fixated on improving deep rooted issues that they've been suffering for some time that, that, that they don't, you know, feel the need to educate themselves mm. and they need to, because the, the long-term effects of this is, is, is growing. Look how many people are dropping dead. Oh, and I mean, dropping dead. It was, mm. it was, uh, uh, who dropped, who passed away? Boston Lloyd passed yeah, away the other day. Weekend, yeah. You know I mean, these are, these are people that I, admired in the sense that oh my god he's talking about anabolics on youtube amazing he's given the uh a platform to it but he's dead i mean he's gone and and it is anabolic related he was having dialysis already for his kidneys you you can't you need to be you need to understand the risks Mm. and and of course these guys pushed it to the absolute level but you know meadows john meadows as well remember dallas mccarver i remember speaking to dallas and and, and being in absolute awe of him at body power and then a few months later he's dead like this is this is too close to home now you know it's way too close to home yeah i mean even about a month or six weeks ago um Corey sleeve on instagram Mm -hmm. um i'm talking to him actually next week um and and that's scary i mean he's i think he's 27 years old and had a heart attack and that is so frightening and Mm -hmm. i instantly text one of my best friends and i was just like you Mm. can you just like whatever you guys are doing, just get your health checked out right now because they're doing less. And you know, like the impact is so great. It's frightening. Mm. It's yeah, frightening. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so vital that we 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 uh, broaden the mind outside of just blood work as well. I'm talking echocardiograms if we can get if we can get kidney biopsies, um, cystatin C tests for liver as well. Do you know, it, it's not, mm. it, it's all well and good. So no, you're right, Tom, it's my blood. So they're good. You know, they're all okay. I'm like, okay, that doesn't really, mm. it's a, it's a, it, it, it's okay, a it's good. It's a time as well. Yeah, it's, just it's a start point. Yeah, absolutely. But we need more. We need, we need, yeah. we need more because I think there was a bodybuilder that passed away before, the day before the Olympia as well. A classic bodybuilder, I can't remember his name now, but they're, they're, they're dropping like flies and it's scary and it needs to be said that anabolics are fucking killing people and it's not to be overlooked. I mean, you mentioned a few minutes ago about kind of the mental health aspect of Mm. it. I think it's really easy to get your blood work done and Mm. go, do you know, I feel good on paper. I'm good. Like, great. But are you, are you Mm. good? Because you can't do a test for your mental health. No, of course not. And obviously you've touched upon the fact that you went through a tough point mm. with your relationship during um your prep and i've been there where mm. i had a relationship breakdown a couple of times over a prep and yeah. you just ignore it because you're like i'll deal with that later i'll put that on the the next time shelf on the, of the course. 
not important right now shelf yeah um, which is absurd yeah it's a fantastic way to deal with problems isn't it just bury them yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and and that i think it's only now and i remember sort of listening to dr dean speak about it. I, I was very clueless as to the impact of anabolic steroids on on mental health and i think it's only only now the last few years that it's coming to light that these things, you know, you're on a constant high. If you imagine what anabolics are doing, you're taking testosterone levels out of your normal range. It's giving you a heightened self-confidence. You're, you're on cloud nine. You, you are going to drop almost as if you were to take MDMA, you're going to shoot up. And then that, that particular uh, event only occurs over like a 24 to 48 hour. But you look at the, how long you're up for an anabolics, whatever, you know, goes up, must come down and you're going to crash very, very hard. So we, that there needs to be a lot more. And I remember speaking to Dean and uh, Dr. Dean in the DMs and I was like, we need to do more. We need to, mm-hmm. we need to get more out on, on the psychological implications of anabolics. I think that's actually something that um, I don't hear anything about. No. So you hear a little bit here and there and um, I do think Joe is doing Joe Jeffrey is doing fantastic things in that area. Um, I listen to a fair bit of his kind of YouTube members stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's very knowledgeable. Um, but it's only there if you look for it. Of course. Whereas I think there needs to be a bigger conversation from everyone talking mm. about it. Um, and and now bringing that mental health aspect into it, I think is very important. Mm. Um, and I know it's probably a tricky subject for you to speak on because you're a man, but it would be really good to hear people talking about the impact mm. of women taking steroids because everyone acts like it doesn't happen and it is prevalent. I know first time bikini girls, they've never stepped on stage in their own growth. And I'm like, mm. what do you mean? You've not even tried yet. Mm. you're on clen t3 anavartan growth and you've not even bought your bikini for fuck's sake like mm. and there's just no information about it anywhere yeah yeah no it's true i'm more than happy to be an advocate talk openly about you know the the um, impact it's had on me but yeah to, to work with someone like joe or dr dean whereby i've got more of a kind of scientific element to kind of back that up is going to will probably alleviate any stresses that I have going into it talking about it I think from a woman's perspective maybe Erin would be a good yeah, one to course. get involved in that because she's been very open about hers with um Dr Dean as well so yeah. be really good to hear a conversation with you all um yeah, together yeah, on that yeah I'm sure we'll all get together at some point <clears throat> be very cool um so yeah going forwards then conscious of time because i've had you on for a while now but i'm really enjoying the conversations sorry about me (laughs) um so this year what does 2022 hold for tom yeah so we've got the ibiza classic transformation challenge dropping tomorrow so that's a a big one we've had some some real interest for that and uh yeah i'm very excited to start working with people so that that intake will essentially pay for future business ventures later on this year looking at releasing an app looking at kind of uh creating a, a book as well almost like a, an actual hard copy of of uh it only you know the 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 thought process for it only happened the other day but it's essentially kind of creating almost like a a stylish coffee book um coffee table book but also with some education in there as well to so kind of 
it's something that I, I thought would be would be really cool. So it's essentially just utilizing this intake for for future for future business ventures. And then in terms of my own physique development, we start the cut or I start the cut in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm I'm, I'm going to be in. Uh, I just want to be in a position whereby I'm, I'm relatively conditioned all year round, really. Just um, feel good. Yeah, just yeah, just being in being in a kind of Joey D spot whereby the condition is 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 quite strong. You know, the likes of Mike Thurston do very well in that within that area and it, it does excel you your brand and your business when you are like that and now i'm not competing anymore i don't need to go through these you know intense cycles where i'm pushing scale weight up and i feel better i'm quicker i'm faster i'm more athletic when i'm when i'm lower lower scale weight so yeah looking forward to that and as i mentioned looking at getting in a triathlon or looking at getting in some form of uh long distance event i think from a, a content creation point of view that'll be very interesting for people to follow as well unfortunately i i my videographer Gigi is, is now is, is now working with Ali Abdul, so uh, it'll be a case of getting a, a new videographer on board, um, which I find tough. I'm very you know I'm very particular with with my work, and Gigi mm-hmm. is the first person I work with, so finding someone that's uh, similar to him is going to be uh, quite a hard task. But I'm sure there'll be one out there. So yeah, it's just 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 and and uh, documenting the whole process, you know, give it giving people a, a bit more of an insight into into the the possibilities of being able to look a certain way and enjoy food and enjoy life and, and working with slightly more lifestyle brands as well and things like that. So yeah, looking forward to, to, to kind of expanding a lot more. All sounds very exciting. Yeah. Look forward to following it. Yeah. Good. Now there are two questions I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Okay. Um, just a little nice way to wrap up. I always think. Sure. So looking back and knowing what you know now, is there anything you would change if you could? No, I wouldn't. I never, you know, I always get that question on Q and A's, you know, what would you change? I wouldn't change anything because I, I am where I am today. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, wouldn't change where I am. If I did adopt a, a slightly more I- intense business mindset, then I may have a bit more money in the bank or I may have a slightly different, but it, you know, I don't, the past is the past. You, you, you learn from that and I am where I am today. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, wouldn't change a thing. And you are known as TM Cycles, Thomas yep. Moore. You are content creator, influencer, part-time bodybuilder, mm. ex-full-time X. bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. Possible triathlete, um, yeah. home influencer, foodie, and everything mm. else. Yeah. And Gymshark guy. Yes. Yeah. You guys are all touching upon the Gymshark crew now as well. We are. But... What would you like to be remembered for? That's a great question. It's a very good question. I'd like to to be remembered as a, an individual that just instilled the confidence within people to uh, allow them to become what they wanted to be. You know, I, I've always said from day one when I first started the YouTube, it's never really been about money or, or anything mm-hmm. like that for me. It's it's been a chance for me to document myself and to give people the the confidence to and be any industry it doesn't have to be fitness it could be any absolutely any industry i'll get a few messages from people now that are like oh you know your your content creation your openness about this and that has enabled me to start documenting my food business or my bakery business and things like that so yeah i'm just to be remembered as a guy that just stayed very loyal to himself and and i hope people take inspiration and, and motivation from that I think that's a really nice way to be remembered and yeah. um 
I do think you put out a lot of really useful content. Um, I know that you pride yourself in your content, mm. um, not just the value you bring with it, but also the way it looks. Um, yeah. And you are driven by that. And, and that shows in what you put out into the world. Mm. So um, I sure appreciate that. Of, no, it's absolutely fine. I'm sure a lot of people um, will take a lot from that. Amazing. But thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having someone... me on. No, no, you're welcome. And if anyone wants to find you, whether that be um, YouTube or they want to get in contact about coaching or just follow you on the gram, yeah, how can they do that? Yeah, so it's there's a few more handles now. So it's TM Cycles is the is like I said the brand, and that'll be on Instagram and on YouTube as well. Flow Flow by More is the new Instagram page. There's a lot more kind of recipes and and uh training ideas on there and we'll, we'll continue to expand that and we have obviously off the cuff as well which is the podcast that we do me me josh and joe so yeah give 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 those a follow It'd be greatly appreciated lovely stuff well thank you very much thank and, you um, i will speak to you soon see you soon